thanks to viewers like you and sassygamers.com. Bar Rock Cafe can exist, I guess. So, like, you can find links to Sassy Gamers, our Patreon, and social media stuff in the show notes. Just click. Thanks. Previously on Bar Rock Cafe, Rook and Epi went to the Winking Beholder, the brothel where Rook's mother works, and spoke with Rook's mother before heading to bed. Meanwhile, Brock got some new armor and invented the food truck. Plus, he isn't blue anymore. What lies next for our heroes? Find out today on Bard Rock Cafe. Welcome back to Bard Rock Cafe, episode 23. Uh, last time, the party had just returned into town, gone shopping, met Brooks' family, and now the party is waking up after a night's rest for the next day. And Brock is no longer blue or tiny. Yes. All persistent wild magic effects, except for minibar, have resolved. That's right. So, am I? We're all waking up together. We went in bed in different places. Yes, Roland and Brock were together, and Rook and Epi were together. Rook and Epi were sharing a closet, while Brock and Armbar are in the castle district at the Blackstaff's tower. So, what do you do? Uh, well, Brock is going to stop at the cafeteria and pick and find, uh, her name was Lola, and get tea for Epi and everybody else. When we're in the cafeteria, I want to walk up to the coffee maker and be like, Hey boss, what kind of coffee you like? Gotta have your morning cup of coffee. I'm more of a tea person, you know that, Armbar. Oh, but the cream will always rise. And the cream is always best in a cup of coffee. None of that tea crap. Herbalness. Ugh. Coffee is rich and bold. Just like Armbar's mother. Do I find Lola, the cafeteria worker that Epi told me to find for tea? Why won't you entertain me? <laughs> this is bogus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just like, I, just... You, off, you asked about my coffee, I have my tea. <laughs> Whatever, just continue. <laughs> so, Armbar, as you are going very elaborately into your love of coffee, you smell coffee directly behind you. And as you turn, you don't see the invisible servant standing behind you with a piping hot cup of coffee. Oh, is it for me? Why you shouldn't And I go to yank it out of his hand. Offered freely to you, it is an unseen servant, which you are familiar with because you've seen Epi do that trick. As you taste the coffee, it is some of the best coffee you've ever had. <sighs> and that morning uh, soreness that you sort of feel, like you know when you wake up and it takes a minute to get going? Oh, I know. Yeah, it's gone immediately. The best part of waking up. Must have been that French roast. Oh yeah, let's yeah. go. You're just, you're immediately, you're good to go. Ooh, yeah, yeah! Um, is Minibar with you? He's got his own mini, mini cup of coffee. Yes, he does. <laughs> Don't get him coffee, he'll stunt his growth. Yeah. Oh, that ship has <laughs> And Brock, as you go through the cafeteria, there's stations set up where you can order whatever you want. You say, hey, do you have any tea? And they offer you, like, this menu. All these options, Earl Grey, chamomile, peppermint, just all these different types of teas that you can pick from. They prepare whatever you ask for. Wimp. Is the employee serving the tea named Lola? That is important. <laughs> I was told uh, to find Lola. to the point. <laughs> okay. Uh, 
if you ask, they do point out Lola and uh, kind of send someone over to fetch her, and she does come over to speak with you. Uh, yes, you wanted to talk to me? Oh, well, yes. Uh, a dear friend of mine who attended this school some time ago, they said that if I ever have, ca- have tea in the cafeteria here to find you and ask you for about your blend of tea. Oh, who told you? Uh, my dear friend Giuseppe Von Verse. I know they're out of town at the moment. They told me, Brock, if you ever are in the Blackstaff Tower, ask Lola about her tea. I see. Well, I keep a little bit in the back. I'll go and make some for you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. It'll be a minute. I have to actually have it steep. So, just go find yourself a seat, and I'll bring it out to you. I don't tell anyone else about it. It's my special thing. Of course. I, would, I wouldn't think anything else. And if I could actually get three cups to go, I'm bringing some to some friends. Oh, I see. Well, I'll just prepare my whole stock. Oh, thank you so much. And she kind of just shuffles back to the back. There is ample seating. People are awake. Most people have their noses in a book. You know, it is a wizard's tower. But there is, you know, there's people that are just chatting amongst themselves. You and Armbar do find a seat without too much trouble. Effie and Rook, you both wake up in Rook's room. Uh, did manage to sleep. It was unusually quiet from what you have experienced in the past, Rook. Okay, that's interesting. I don't know what you're complaining about. It slept great. I feel like a cat curled up on a couch. It's very comfortable. I don't, re- I don't really want to get up. Oh, I'm, I'm not really complaining. It's just interesting. I'm glad you got a good. Ah, rook stretches. All right, but what about some breakfast? Eppy's just kind of turns a little bit over. All right, all right. You have my attention. What sort of breakfast do they have around here? Actually, I was meaning to talk to you about that, Eppy. Every kind of sits up. You see, today you are going to find out something extremely important to me. And that is my favorite breakfast. And it's here. I don't like many things. This is a brothel. And as you may imagine, they will use a lot of honey. And of course it's going to be good stuff. And man, honey's in a lot of stuff, and a lot of breakfast stuff, so get ready for a good time, Evie. Rook? It's kind of cool, I get to share it with another person. This is literally the best news I've ever heard first thing in the morning. I am, I'm, I'm also happy that you get to share this with me. Honey, you say? I'd be petrified. Yeah. The infused kind. Oh. Oh, this is gonna be so nice. Do they have real tea, or is it like... Brock brands? Water with flavoring. What we have is real, but more of the fruity stuff, you know. Epi cups your face in his, in his little hands, and he's like, I'm sold. Take me with you. Alright. So I guess we um, kind of straighten ourselves up and um, make our way down towards the kitchen. The minute you leave the room, you smell all of the aromas coming from the kitchen. Uh, baked breakfast, pastries, and goods, and things meant to, for a lot of the people at this establishment, just their meal before they crash for the day. But it's also meant to help you wake up. Make your way down to the kitchen area. Everything's quiet right now. 
but there are people making their way in and out, getting some plates, grabbing some food. In a very informal way. Oh my god, this is D&D Waffle House and I love it. I think you just made a statement you didn't mean to about Waffle House. <laughs> I... Have you ever been to a Waffle it's House a before, like, four in the morning? <laughs> this is exactly what it's like. A brothel? <laughs> uh, Maybe was, a little. The chef's just back there doing the Cupid Shuffle in the middle of the night. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's great. Man, I should go to Waffle House more. Insomnia has one Wait. perk, and that one perk has got to be Waffle House at ungodly hours of the Are they doing the Cupid Shuffle <laughs> at the Waffle House or the brothel? <laughs> Listen, well, man. The brothel went without saying. It's the Waffle right. House we're wondering about. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, this podcast not brought to you by Waffle House. The Waffle House no. is interested. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> we are open to sponsorships. Free Waffle breakfast. House, if you ever feel the need. No, there's just a line and like the chefs are just passing the plates to the right, to the right, to the right. Yep. Rook knows the deal, so just follows along and kind of nudges Epi along. Brothel house. <laughs> I know what the episode title is <laughs> oh, to be. It's a brothel house. Damn. It's mighty nicey. Alright, so the two of you get some some breakfast, you do find your mother down there chatting with some of her co-workers about some of the previous night's exploits, laughing about one of their particular stories. You probably could go over there and listen in, but we're not going to go into too much detail because, yeah, it's not that kind of podcast. It's not. Um, what, like, let me hear a, a little snatch of it, like a little part of it. You begged this question, my friend. And then his head actually went through the headboard. So we had to call the clerics. It was really awkward because he's from a noble house and his wedding's next week. Anyway. Epi is just going to, like, somewhat listen to this, and it's just like, the tea is piping hot today. Yeah. Careful not to spill it. Unless you have a reason. What noble house <laughs> is he from? Do I hear any juicy gossip? How long do you want to sit and listen in? I mean, I may absentmindedly listen while we're, you know, having our super amazing breakfast. Yeah, like, Rook is dipping bread and honey, dipping everything in honey right now, and just stuffing her face. So Rook is dipping could, honey in honey. You could listen in if you wanted. <laughs> you know, Epi over there is just watching Rook just chowing down, and just looks over like, you know... I feel like I've gotten to know you a little better. This this is a good look for you. Rook turns with like honey slathered on her mouth and and some breadcrumbs stuck to the honey and smiles. So, as you're listening, the noble family is from the Gauntle family. They made their wealth as miners and mercenaries. If you know this, you know that the guilty party is also the middle child. Epi kind of snickers and leans over to Rook. Is it always the metal child, or is that just like... How common is the metal child causes trouble thing? Well, um, it's kind of a stereotype, but I guess they're like the really needy ones or whatever who need a lot of attention, so... They're here a lot. That makes sense. 
I mean, parents only have so much attention span. You get a whole bunch of them in a row. Eh. Yeah. Sometimes it gets a little bit tight. At least you're an only child. I mean, you get your mother's full undivided attention. My my apologies, but also congratulations. I guess. So, as the two of you spend your breakfast hearing all sorts of amusing stories and also educational in a way, Nadir, to all our listeners, I would like to introduce Toshira, who will play Nadir. So, Toshira, would you like to introduce your character? Sure. Um, sitting at one of the tables around the kitchen area is is a very old elf sitting with a, a sort of comically large book sat out on the table with two other smaller books probably from a local library sitting on kind of the corners and he's flipping back and forth between pages writing things in, in his own larger book. I forget, is anybody else in this party actually an elf? I'm a half-elf. I think Rook's a half-elf, right? Rook is a half-elf. Yeah, yeah half on the mother or father's side, that's my question. Father. Then Rook might also uh, know that elves get very old, but this man is old. Right, he is, super old. like, sagging cheeks. His, his ears have started to, like, droop a little bit. He's got wrinkles upon wrinkles. It would not be out of line to say that he's probably closer to a millennia old than not. Okay. And he's just, he's pouring over these books, uh, not really paying attention to anything. He's got a, a full cup of tea directly in front of him that no longer has, like, the uh, steam coming off of it. So it's probably been sitting there for a while, just kind of untouched as he's engrossed in his work, whatever that may be. So as you're sitting there, you are distracted from your reading, as is everyone in the cafeteria by a very large half-orc going on and on about coffee and the benefits of drinking it and something about his mother. <laughs> what? Who? As he kind of looks over his shoulder in the direction of the commotion. Sure. And what Who you see... coffee in a wizard's tower? What you see is comically out of place. You see a very, very large Roland armbar. And right next to him, is a miniaturized, small-sized version of Roland Armbar. And then you also see Brock Song. You don't know who they are, but while Brock Song kind of fits in, the Armbars definitely do not. I think Nadir kind of rubs his eyes and blinks a little bit, just to make sure he's not seeing double. As weird as it would be to see a miniature double. It's called seeing one and a half. It doesn't roll off the tongue quite as well. Realizes that no, no, that is actually a very large out-of-place man and a very large tiny out-of-place man. I wonder what they're doing here. Trying to get coffee? At a wizard's tower? That's still so weird. And yeah, it's a, it's a distraction enough that he's going to, like, not stare at them per se, but, like, keep an eye over there. Because if there's some sort of commotion he wants to... Get out of the way. Okay. You watch as Lola, one of the cafeteria waitresses, comes out with three cups of steaming tea. It's too far away for you, but Brock, she 
place the cups in front of you, there is a earthy and citrusy taste and smell to these tea. You kind of get the sense that it's going to be very rich and subtle in flavor. Thank you so much, Lola. I appreciate it. And when I do see Giuseppe, I'll pass on your good tidings to them. I appreciate that. Was there anything else I could get you? No, that was it. I just, I promised Giuseppe I would at least once, when I, if I was in the tower, get a tea from you. Oh, well, you could pass on that you have, and then tell him not to pass on that information to anyone else. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Thank you, Lola. Right. Ah. Uh, well, if you need anything else, you know where to find us. And she makes her way back behind the counter to get working on whatever needs to it. You do notice a bit of commotion. People seem to turn and look as a man wearing rather ornate robes and with a very full beard makes his way in and sits in front of a very, very old elf, Nadir. You recognize this man as your point of contact with the Blackstaff, who you were referred to come regarding what you came here to find. Everyone has their eyes on this man. Rock, if you want to roll, I would say history. All right. First roll of the night. That is a 16 plus history is 3 plus 3, so 19. Wow. So, you're not sure who this is, but you know, based on what he is wearing, he is a ranking member of the Mages Guild here in town. So he is someone with some influence. Alright. Nadir. The man sits in front of you. Welcome, welcome. Uh, we are so pleased you are able to come and visit. I am told you came here regarding the meteor strike from a couple of days ago. Yes, yes. Hello, hello. You must... I'm terribly sorry, I've forgotten your name. As he's kind of closing closing the books, just clearing space on the table. Uh, yes, Maester Willem. Yes, yes, Maester. Thank you, thank you for coming. Thank you for, for having me, and allowing me to investigate this. Well, hopefully we can learn a great deal from each other. Yes, that would be beneficial. So, I suppose you came here asking for information. What would you like to know before I ask my own question? Well, I've... I've heard that there was a, a meteor striker that something fell, and ever since then, uh, there have been rumors that I haven't been able to, to fully substantiate that say a lot of out-of-control yet mostly harmless magic has been happening nearby, and I'd just sort of like to, to confirm and see if these are connected at all. Well, as another scholar, uh, the Blackstaff is comfortable sharing information with you. Our investigation has determined that, first of all, it was not a meteor. It was an obelisk. An obelisk? Yes, it landed face down, uh, planted about three feet into the ground, in a local tavern in the docks district. Uh, the owner of that tavern is actually staying here, in the meantime. Oh. His name is Brock Song, and yes, it does seem that magic has been out of control, specifically in the proximity of the obelisk. We are still investigating, but we do have some preliminary reports that we are happy to share with you. Uh, and he does hand you the scroll that was the report on the obelisk, and does have all the known information about it so far. The man does start to look around. His eyes do fix on you, Brock. You see him point to you. And the deer, he says, uh, That is him actually right over there, next to the very large man with the coffee. Oh, really? How? Oh. 
I was going to say how convenient, but... Well, I guess it couldn't hurt. And Nadir actually... Does Brock notice the pointing at him? Brock always notices when there's eyes on him, because he's a superstar. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Brock just like, gingerly waves and comes over and is like, Can I help you, gentlemen? Yes, yes. Um, Are you are you Brock Song? Yes, I am the Brock Song. Oh, the Brock Song? Apologies. Yes, of the Waterdeep songs. Uh, sure. <laughs> um, I hear I hear that you've been struck with some misfortune lately. Did uh something happen to your to your tavern, to your cafe? Uh yes, and I look at the uh guild person like and I see the do I see the report that's being passed back and forth, do I recognize it? Uh you would recognize it as a copy of the same report that Rook stole for you guys. Yeah, so it was struck by an object. I don't know how much you already know about it, uh, but yeah, it's still sitting in my basement. Oh! Uh, one... I... This is a little bit forward, but I'm... I'm here because of it. Can, may I... May I see it? Uh, that, that would be fine by me, as long as it's okay with the black staff. I've only had close friends come to my cafe, people who are part of the business. I don't know if they want people poking around. Yes, yes. I also how rude of me. I I never introduced myself. Uh, my name is Nadir Kosain Amber, and I am a scholar. I guess you could say I'm just here doing doing research out of well, mostly personal curiosity. Ah, pleasure to meet you, Nadir. This is my associate Rowan Armbar. Mmm, glad to meet you. Yes, likewise. This here's Mini Bar. See you little mini bar. Hey, how you doing? Delightful. Want some coffee? <laughs> this is everything I wanted out of this. Carry on. <laughs> oh, it's got the best flavor. A French roast dark as, as night with the best kind of cream. Because the cream always rises to the top. In the right minibar. From the mystical land of France. <laughs> are we are we still talking about minibar? No. Miss Armbar That's regular armbar voice, and then I try to like go a little bit higher with the minibar voice. No, minibars from the mystical land of a wild magic surge. Ah. He's my little man. I don't know what I'd do without him. Anyway, that is one of the things that uh, we have discovered about the open, about the uh, object in my basement, is it gave certain people wild magic, including the two of us. Uh, I oh, was until oh, this morning blue, and I was also for a number of hours approximately six inches tall. Oh, misfortune follows you, doesn't it? Yes, sometimes quite literally. As I put my hand on Brock's shoulder and smile. <laughs> <laughs> Is the report something that that he gave me to kind of keep, or or do I need to give that back after looking it over? Um, so the report is a copy. You are free to keep it. Okay. Um, so I've kind of pocketed that and, and uh, turned to the guy whose name I've already forgotten. Maester Willem. <laughs> Maester. 
yeah, thank thank you for thank you for this. Um, is there anything that that I should know that isn't in this report? Ah, uh, well, first of all, uh, Brock, I appreciate your willingness to cooperate. Uh, Nadir is another scholar from distant lands, and the Blackstaff has already given her approval for him to be included in any investigation into the obelisk and its nature. So, any new information, feel free to share. Uh, Nadir, unfortunately, this is all we've had time to find out. Our focus has been on cordoning off the area and keeping things orderly as reconstruction is starting on the tavern. Uh, currently, we are keeping one of our own mages down there and several guards, but as you have permission to interact with the obelisk, they will not give you any trouble. Alright. And I actually do have new information I wanted to share with the Black Staff about the obelisk. Uh, should I convey it to you, or should we meet with her directly? Uh, at this, Mason Willem kind of, you know, his attention is on the deer and it just shifts immediately to you. You have new information. Uh, yes. The Blackstaff has asked that she be kept abreast of any new developments. Uh, it is first thing in the morning. She is still having breakfast. I think she will understand the intrusion. If you would like to come upstairs with me. Uh, absolutely. Uh, Armbar, come with us. Right behind you, boss. And the deer, please come as well. It just is easier if I explain this only once. Okay, so uh, Willow leads you guys upstairs. He does speak the command word. You go up one flight of stairs, and you emerge directly outside of the Blackstaff's private quarters. Uh, he walks up and knocks on the door. You hear the Blackstaff answer from inside. Uh, asking who is it, and he introduces himself, introduces everyone outside, yada yada. You guys are invited inside, and you see the black staff in very casual clothing, eating what looks to be an omelette with some pancakes. He says, oh, welcome back, uh, Brock, Armbar, and Nadir, our newest addition to the black staff's tower. Welcome all of you. Uh, to what do I owe this uh, well, your black staffness, uh, I thought you might be interested to know that uh, in the last few days I learned something interesting when I was surveying the obelisk in my basement to gauge what I need to do for repairs to sanction off that area so there'd be limited control. Uh, I and a group of my friends, we uh, all touched the obelisk together and it brought us inside of it, I think. It, we were in some sort of mystical library. And we found out that it was a tablet of fate, and it quested us to find its counterpart and fix it. So there is a long, drawn-out pause. Um, Nadir, if you want to roll Arcana or History, your choice. Or Religion, for that matter. Alright, let's... Let's History. Uh, 26. So you would know one tablet records the past, and one tablet records the future and the tablets uh, record the fates of every, basically everything. Every living soul. So, all of creation, past, present, and future are recorded into those tablets. As history is written, it is set in stone. As the future is unveiled, 
you know, there are thousands and thousands and thousands of possible pathways at any given moment, all of those potentialities are written in the future Tablet of Fate. It is not a good sign that Tablet of Fate, that the Tablets of Fate have appeared. The last time this happened, it was because there was a war between the gods and they were cast out of the heavens, basically, and stripped of their power as punished by the head god, Ao. And during this time, the gods walked the earth and divine casting stopped functioning, much like now. However, now you have not heard of the gods walking the earth. Oh, except the one time, there was one instance where uh, Malil did show up to randomly help me win a bard off. So Malil also appeared, like, the same night I found out it was a, a, a Tablet of Fate. Malil also just showed up, so I also had contact with a god for the first time since this started, too. The Blackstaff has several scrolls open, and there are unseen servants on either side of her writing. Um, she is also scribbling in her own journals. Maester Willem is also listening with just rapt attention. They share with you basically everything that the deer you already know on your own. Um, and you are able to actually supplement some of what they say with your own knowledge, because that was a very big deal event that you lived through. Wait, Nadir was around the first time this happened? Yeah, it was. Apparently. Interesting. Nadir, you have seen quite a few world-altering events in your lifetime, but that was one of the bigger ones, where the gods were cast out of the heavens. Oh boy, we're in for fun times again, though. He does not say that aloud. And there is one more thing I just share with you. Uh, when we went inside of it, and it quested us to find its counterpart, uh, inside of the library, inside the obelisk, you could look up the... Uh, you know how the obelisk tells the past of anyone who touches it? You can read it, and you can see your, your own history. Uh, well, when you're inside of it, you can look up anyone's history. Uh, it let us inside of it, and I looked up where the other obelisk was. It's on another plane somewhere, but I don't know where. And I described what I saw last episode with the icy mountains and the frost giants the old woman and the wolves. And I get the I got the impression from when I was reading the book for the other obelisk that it was in another plane. So I would... I think that because I also saw signs of decay and wear and tear, I don't think it would be a good thing if the Tablet of Fates were to break. Uh, I believe it would be pertinent for me to be able to find a way, either with your help or the help of someone you might recommend, to figure out what plane it is in and journey there to find this other obelisk and figure out how to repair them. That's my knowledge. That's all my... I have no more truth bombs to drop. So above game, I think you pretty much covered it. Um, so the Black Staff, uh, she finishes writing in her own journal, closes it, and you know, just her food is pushed aside. And she just crosses her arms in front of her and seems to be thinking for a, a while. Finally, she says, Well, there are only a few planes that would match that description. Give me some time, and let me do some more specific divination and see if I can figure out where exactly it's located. Give me a day. I should have something. In the meantime, dear, I know you wanted to interact with the Tablet of Fate. I don't know. This is 
not something that's happened for quite some time. Last time was not good. Uh, go to the Tablet of Fate, see if you can find anything that might help us. Yes, that is the plan now. Since this has happened before, maybe we can make things not quite as bad this time around. Maybe. Maester Willem does say, uh, It is promising that you contacted the Lil. That indicates that perhaps gods don't walk the earth just yet. Perhaps this time is different. Uh, try to find something of use. With your many years of experience, perhaps you will find something that we just don't know to look for. Yes, I'll, I'll share anything I find with you. Well, if there's not anything else, please leave me to my work. I have a lot to do, all of a sudden. Of course. Thank you for your time. Yes, thank you. Your, your blackstaffness? And he kind of glances over at, uh, at Brock. Is that right? That's not your real title, is it? Lady Blackstaff, perhaps? <laughs> you see a twinkle in her eye. She says, I think I'm fond of it. I may have to change. Lady Blackstaff is just not as fine. Whatever, whatever you want, your Blackstaffness. Maester Willow does escort you uh, out of the Blackstaff's chambers. The doors shut behind you of their own volition. And you descend the stairs back to the cafeteria. Brock says, while we grab our breakfast to go, we can go to my cafe and you can examine the obelisk up close. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, I'll lead the way, sir. We embark. Rook and Epi. Yes? On the verge of a honey and sugar-induced coma, you do finish your breakfast. Rook, I have to say, they might need a wheelbarrow to get me out the door. But, oh my god, that was good. You really weren't kidding. That's the way it's supposed to be. But, like, what are we supposed to be doing now? I don't know. I may need a little bit more coffee if I'm gonna get going. Uh, at the mention of coffee... Now a very greasy looking chef comes up and just puts a cup of coffee in front of you. It smells like coffee. It tastes like Folgers instant coffee. Legit. <laughs> With just a little bit of the grounds in the bottom of it. Like it's this is not the, the forte, right? Because most of the staff are going to sleep. Whereas you're trying to wake up. So you're one of about five people actually drinking coffee right now. And not sleepy time tea. I take a sip out of it and I'm just like <clears throat> That'll put some hair on your chest. You know, I have to think that's how they get rid of some folks. I'm gonna leave you with that coffee for a sec. I'm just gonna say bye to my mom. If I don't say go and say bye to my mom, she's gonna come and say bye to me, and that is always way worse. So just give me a sec. <laughs> Honestly, I kind of want to see it. Ah, good. It's a bug, right? <laughs> I mean, it would be funny. How long do you have to sit here before she comes down? Like, are you dead? Kind of thing? Like, what's the time limit we're looking at here? Rook. Not very long. Hmm. Hi. Hey, Mom. Good morning. I hope you slept well. I tried to keep really quiet. I mean, you did a good job. I know. I'm so happy you're back. So, what are you going to do today while I... We're going to meet up with our friends, I mean our group, and um, 
planet from there. Rook just shrugs. Whatever. Yes, don't worry. Her friends will take very good care of her. Well, I've been trusting her to you. It was so nice to meet you, Epi. And she just kind of scoops you up and puts her hands on both sides of your face and just gives you a kiss right on the forehead. That's so adorable. Epi just sort of, you know, grins, looks half better. It was a pleasure to meet you too, ma'am. And she just kind of scoops you up in a hug, Rook, and says, Be careful and come visit more often. I do miss you. Yeah, I'll come back. Alright, well, don't get into too much trouble, and I'll see you when I see you. Alright, bye, Mom. Goodbye, Rook's mom. And she kind of waves you both off, and you do see just, like, there's a hint of just a little bit of sadness in her eyes at seeing you go, but also, like, she's happy because Rook has a friend. Rook is, er, uh, Epi is grinning ear to ear, looking at Rook, like, leans over and whispers, That was adorable. Yeah, my mom really likes you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, darn. I guess, I guess I'm, I guess I'm now the number one friend. Gonna put that on my resume. Hmm. So Rook snuck a bread roll and she calls out Fairy. Uh, and you do see Fairy kind of take flight from the roof of the brothel. Hi, Fairy. I got you a roll. Do you eat? Fairy lands on your shoulder. Yeah. I like to eat. I don't need to, but I like to. Alright. Enjoy a honey roll. So I just kind of break off a piece and I put it in his little tiny... He's not going to eat a whole roll. There's a brief second where Fairy's looking at this giant roll and it's yeah. like... Uh, no, Fairy. Then you break off a piece and Fairy like, does that bird thing where it sticks its beak straight up and like launches on it until it turns into crumbs. Yeah. Nice. Alrighty. A bit of a crumbly shoulder, but it'll be fine. Alright, Epi, where to? Epi kind of thinks for a minute. So... Last I heard, they were going shopping. Did they tell us where they were going after that, or, or is that one of those like they're probably back at the tower kind of things? Or were we supposed to meet at the Bardrock Cafe? I I don't really know. I didn't I didn't sleep very well last night, but I, I have to admit I'm I'm drawing a blank. Rook <laughs> shrugged. I feel like it's either Bardrock or the Mage's Tower. I don't think they're going shopping, but the well, which one do you think? Happy gets a really pensive look on his face and then says, I don't particularly want to go back to the Mage's Tower, if I'm being perfectly honest. And then let's not go. But I kind of think that's where they're going to be. Do we want to, like, pull a prank on them? I mean, this seems like a very good opportunity. P- what kind of prank? Sits there and thinks for a second. So... First things that come to mind, and I don't know about you, but I can probably see if I can cast some form of, like, illusionary spell, see if we can't make Brock look like his hair standing straight up or something, but I don't know, I feel like because you're able to sneak everywhere, there's there's a whole new realm of possibilities I haven't considered yet for pranking. 
Uh, well, I do agree. We have to know where they are first, though, right? That is a fair point. <laughs> so, um, let's check... Like, what's nearer, Kenny, actually? Well, so you would know that the cafe is kind of on the way to the Black Sap's Tower. Well, that makes... That is the decision Rook's gonna make. Rook's like, you know what, Epi? Let's hope that you're lucky and check the cafe first. Epi gets a big grin on his face. I like the sound of that. They're definitely gonna know if I cast any sort of magical pranks. But if you do it, I don't know. I feel I feel like we have a good a good little uh, energy going here. We can brainstorm on the way. Alrighty. Okay. Um, Rook, what is your perception bonus? Uh, oh boy. What is my perception bonus? Let me find it. Plus three. Plus three. So that is just enough. So I rolled for them and all three of you. Epi and Barry. Mm-hmm. Sense nothing. Oh, boy. Rook, you hear nothing, but you just catch, like, the barest brush of your coin pouch being lifted. What? Epi! Oh, oh. Check your stuff. Check your stuff right now. I check my stuff right now. Epi has her stuff. Has his stuff. Yes. Epi has all of his stuff. God damn it. Um, you do catch a glimpse of someone seemingly trying to fade back into, like, the surrounding passerbys. You have eyes on this person. Also, you feel wild magic surge around you. I need you to pick a person. Some Randall right next to the person that is took my stuff. Is that okay, or should I pick somebody that I know? You can pick whoever. Okay, I'm picking a, yeah, some, like, a person literally right next to... Okay. So, this rando... <laughs> starts to scream at the top of their lungs. Nice! Oh, perfect. Um, they start flailing wildly and just running. And they run right into the, the pickpocket. Lovely. Excellent. Oh, uh, yeah. They bowl, bowl the person over, right? And they are shrieking. Like, we're talking, you're looking at your worst fear. <laughs> like, it's one of those shrill, soul-shattering kind of screams, right? Yeah. So, like, they tumble just in a mess with the thief and a couple of other people. And they're just on the ground, and they just are like, trying to book it, get back on their feet, and run away. So, about that. Can I magic missile their feet? The rando? Oh, no, I thought the, the little guy who was stealing all my stuff was running away. Never mind. Well, no, no, no. The rando, the, the guy that's stealing your stuff, tried, tried to stealth back into the crowd. Yeah. Rook noticed him. You have not. Oh, okay. So I'm just... What you do definitely see is... The rando screaming and tumbling into a mess with the pickpocket. You don't know that it's the pickpocket Rook does. I'm looking at the dude, and then at Rook, and then at the dude, and then at Rook, and then at the dude. Yeah. I'm just patting down my stuff. <laughs> Rook? What happened? I, I, I've I been awake for like an hour. I had a great meal. I have no idea what's going on. 
What? You see the pickpocket getting to his feet as well. Okay, yo, Rook is darting, darting to that guy, darting to grab him. Okay, and you do see in his hand is your coin pouch. I'm going right for it, I'm going right for him. Okay, so he is definitely distracted. He does not, he's not paying attention to you at all in this moment. So what would you like to do? Oh my god, there is so a thing I can do. One second, let me just take a look, I forgot what it's called. So can I... I want to dash and like oh, oh my god like like circle my arms around him and like throw him to the like like kind of like throw him to the ground like pin him to the ground Okay, sure uh roll an athletics check at advantage because he does not see you coming Okay athletics okay here we go I have 15 total. Okay. His roll is a 13. To try and wiggle free. Phew! So, you have him pinned successfully. Uh, Epi, you see Rook has tackled this person onto the ground. I I see this, and I I try and catch up as fast as my little cloven feet can get there. <laughs> the guy's on the ground, like, shouting, Hey, 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 what do you want? What are you doing? I'm walking here! Rook? What's going on? Rook is, like, kind of, like, wrangling him and, like, sneaking her little hand, getting her hand to his hand to wrench that bag out. Get her, get her gold back. Okay. I'll say as part of your grapple, you're able to, like, rest your, mm-hmm. your, your coin pouch from him. So you have it in your hand now, and he's still pinned. Okay. I assume I see the all like I see the coin pou- pouch lift from it, right? Yeah, you would see it. You would see it. You want to know a fancy new spell I learned because I got it copied into my book. I want to cast sleep on him. Sick. Okay. <laughs> uh, roll, roll your d8s. Okay. Uh, let's. You know what? Rather than getting them all out, I'm going to click the button. Yay! 19. I rolled a 19 total. (laughs) Okay. That is just enough to beat the pickpocket's 18 hit points. Pickpocket goes right to sleep. Out like a light. In the middle of a crowded street. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This is so great. So I kind of feel him like go limp. It's kind of weird, but... (laughs) Epi just goes... What is happening? I hold out my coin pouch, and I'm like, I'm gonna find out who this guy is. Some kind of coward that steals things in the broad daylight? From another thief, no less. Effie just kinda, kinda (laughs) looks at you when you say that. (laughs) Like, you can tell the thought crosses his mind to say what he's thinking, and then he thinks, you know what? We're not gonna. That's gonna be an inside thought, and you watch the thought go off his face. <laughs> <laughs> so, as a quick point of order, now that this has all happened, the rando that is screaming, still screaming and running, but is like changing directions and running serpentine and like still bowling into people, and then runs smack into a solid brick wall. Oh shit! Falls over, and you see like blood coming from their eyes and their nose and their mouth. And they are dead. <laughs> 
Epi kind of just goes, oh, shit. Uh, one second. Um, oh god, everybody can see this. Alright, um, be right back. I'm gonna go over there, and, um, I'm gonna cast Gentle Repose on him. Wait, no, um, I'm gonna cast, not that one. Yeah, that is the one I have to do for dead people. I'm gonna cast Gentle Repose for now. <laughs> the body is preserved against decay and necromantic magic for the time being. People see you cast the spell, uh, nobody really knows. You're not in, like, the magic area of town, right? So nobody knows what you did, just that you cast a spell. But eyes are definitely on you and the person that was screaming. And there are some guards coming up, because, again, this was a, a scene that was made. Fair enough. I'm gonna kind of look to Rook, look at the guards, and I'm gonna be like, Guards, guards! I need two of you to help me bring him indoors for a brief period. He needs healing. <laughs> the rest of you, that man's a pickpocket who took my friend's gold. So there's two guards. So one of them, they split off, right? So one is with you, and one is coming over to you, Rook. Is that the case? Yeah. Got it back, though. Rook kind of like... She's standing up now. She kind of like pointing at the guy with her toe. You see, it's kind of like young teenager. Kind of like a street rat kind of guy. He was pretty stealthy. You just about didn't sense it. But you've been doing this a little bit longer than him. My guard says, all right, well, we'll take him into custody, and seems like he's been dealt with pretty handily. Uh, do you want to make a statement now, or do you want to come by the station later? Oh, uh, I'll come by later. We can only hold him for about a day without having to release him without any charges, so please make sure to stop by. The guard does shackle him up, and as he's being shackled, he does kind of come to. He's like, what? Hey! Hey, what's going on? Hey, let me go! What are you doing? He just starts to, like, try to wrestle away from the guard, but he's like, shackles, so he's not going anywhere. Um, what's going on is that you tried to steal from me, you little snake, and I gotcha. And his eyes kind of lock with yours, and he recognizes, like, he starts, he, st he just woke up from a magical sleep, so he's pretty out of it, mm -hmm. right? So, like, he's coming to, and his mind seems to click into place what just happened. And he realizes, oh, this is the person I just pickpocketed. And so he kind of goes still, and he's, he's staring at you, and he's, like, taking note of your face. And he's not fighting the guard anymore. And the guard just kind of falls his way. Epi, you just asked the guard to help you bring a dead body inside. His response is, how did this happen? How did this one die? Why is there blood coming from their their eyes and their nose and their mouth and just every orifice on their face? What happened? I point to the blood spot on the wall. Ah. Look, I, I'm a cleric of the Raven Queen. If we can just get him away from the crowds, I can I can heal him, but we definitely probably shouldn't do that in front of other audience. Heal him. He's dead. There's no healing here. Cleric of the Raven Queen. Again, that's a thing I can do. Listen, every church here in the city, the clerics can't do anything. You're telling me you can. Again, Cleric of the Raven Queen. Goddess of, of the point between life and death. 
That the power is still on. I don't know why. Don't know how. But the power is still on. So can we get this guy inside? Because I don't really want the rest of them to find that out. Because I can't do it very much. Roll a persuasion check. Okay, this is gonna go well. Okay. Okay, so that's an eleven plus five for a sixteen. So, without saying anything else, he does kind of reach down and just fireman carries this person. He takes a look around. There's not anywhere really private that he can get to. So he just motions you down like an alleyway that's just a little bit out of the way. He says, alright, this is the best I can do. That's fine with me. Just uh, take a step back. Let me uh, do my thing. I'll be right back. And I sit down. I pull one of the diamonds out of my sleeve. And, you know, the same thing. I open the book. It, the ink sizzles a bit as the smoke comes out and the diamond shatters. And, you know, he just casts Revivify for the day. And it goes off without a hitch. Uh, Rook, you're able to freely follow and watch if you'd like to. You don't really get any onlookers, but the guard definitely recognizes that divine magic just worked for you. A cleric of the Raven. I kind of I kind of nod at him and I hold my finger up to my lips. Look. I don't know why. My... He grabs you by the shoulders like, look. You are the first person who's had any luck at bringing people back from the dead. Um, I have friends that I've lost in the past couple of days. Can you bring them back? Can you give me other clerics who can? Uh, I... Do you know how much the city needs this? I, I have been told. I am one guy, unfortunately. Um, so, uh, has, has anyone cast gentle repose on them? Are they, you know, have... Yes. Um, I I don't know. I don't know. Let me look at the Revivify spell right quick. I'm trying to think. I only have like a short amount of time to cast that, right? So, with yours in particular, you have within the past day. Okay. So I look at him. I'm like, all right. I get. I can only cast it once a day. It's very taxing. On this end, you know, holy magic going out your fingers is difficult. I'm a twig. Um, did they die in the past day? I, one of them, yes. Does gentle repose work on them? If they died in the past day. I mean, gentle repose, just however long ago you died, it's it stops the timer. Right? Ah, okay. Gentle repose is you can't be raised from the dead, and the timer is stopped. So if you died 30 seconds ago, you died 30 seconds ago for the next 7 days. Okay. And I'm just going to look at this guy. I'm like, all right, all right. Look, just, I can, I can preserve two of them. I can only cast that spell once a day. It's, it's again, very taxing. Um, but it, I, it's two diamonds worth 50 gold each to be able to cast it. That's the only way I've been able to do so. I, uh, okay, that's, that's fine. Um, Oh, wait, it's diamonds worth 300 gold, because I can read. <laughs> right. I mean, he doesn't know that. Fair enough. I'm gonna, if Rook is within eyesight, I'm gonna look at Rook and just, there, there's yeah. a slight look of panic on his face, but also one of those, like, like you can almost see the dollar signs. But also, oh god. <laughs> he says, all of the, all of the dead and wounded have been taken to the Spires of Morning, the, the typical Athander up in the castle ward. Please, go there whenever you can. 
I, I will send word to have them. Was it? Uh, gentle repose. If they're able. Gentle repose. Yes. I'll let them know. I'm going to go there right now, please. I, I will let them know to reach out to the clerics of the Raven Queen. <clears throat> yeah, yes. This is great news. I am happy to help. I actually don't know if there are any other clerics of the Raven Queen in town, but I will send word to my. He's, uh, he's, like he's hearing you, but he's also like kind of like shuffling off very quickly. I'm just gonna be like, yep, yep. Oh boy, Rook. Mm-hmm. I might have some uh, some jobs to do here in the next couple of days. Good news. Uh-huh. Uh, diamonds. Uh, bad news. They may know I can cast Revivify now. Yeah. You, you got yourself in, uh, into some stuff now, Epi. That's fine, that's fine. I mean, to be fair, I am, you know, studying this because I would rather not have people, you know, dying from freak accidents when they run into walls. But I can only cast it once a day. And I don't remember hearing you saying that, or did you, and I did I space out again? No, you're good. This may be the only time you've heard him say that. <laughs> so, yeah, this is gonna be a lot for you. Are you gonna go now? Uh, well, see, the thing about gentle repose is it kind of puts a pause on it, so if they've been dead a few days... They're still gonna have been a dead a few days. Maybe we should go find our team, because I don't know about you, but I would love to have somebody who looks like Roland Armbar between me and everyone else who's about to find out what I can do. Exactly. I think that's a great idea. Let's get going. Yep, yep, let's let's do that. And I pull my cloak down over my over my head. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Ah, uh... <clears throat> The person that you revived um, has not gotten up. They are sitting there catatonic. I kind of look back at the person. Uh, hang on, we should probably at least explain to him that he's not dead anymore. I kind of go over, I put a hand on his shoulder. Hello! Are you feeling better? He is mumbling something under his breath, but she can't make it out. Kind of... Does he look hurt still? Nope. Seems fine. I mean, he has one hit point because revivified, but, like, as good as can be expected. Do I still have a health potion? I think I still have a health potion. You, you would. I just sort of put one health potion into his, into his hand. I'm like, you drink that, buddy. You go home. You get some rest. You had a rough day, a rough morning. Uh... Colin sick to work today. You're gonna be okay, buddy. Double thumbs up. So I walk away slowly. Doesn't really respond to you. Um, just bubbling under his breath. Uh, rocking just slightly. Is he saying anything particular? Can I hear him? Like, it is a really low mumble, right? Like, you get the sense he's probably saying something. But it's nonsensical. And like, you can make out, like, maybe a word here or there. You catch things like darkness and mouth and run. That's it. Like, 
Okay, he's having a very rough time of it. I'm just gonna I'm gonna let him sit there for a bit, I think. So do the two of you stay with him? Do you head back to Bard Rock? I'm gonna kinda lean over to Rook. So should we leave him like that or should we bail before the consequences of our actions catch up with us? Uh maybe there's someone who'll look at I mean, there's gotta be someone around who like know him? I don't know. Maybe someone will look out for him if we tell them about him. Someone must have noticed him. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, I'm gonna kind of look out in the crowd. Does anybody, like, is anybody looking for ex-screaming guy? Well, at this point, like, at least a couple of people, because you were seen going into the alleyway, right? And they've seen the guard leave, but not the rest of you. So there's, like, curious heads peeking around the alleyway. Perfect. I'm gonna turn to them. Alright, so you all saw him run into the into the wall. He's having a bit of a time of it. If you could watch out for him, you know, make sure he drinks that. That'd be great. We've got somewhere to go. Uh, at least one kind of older woman makes her way in. Uh, I'll look after him. Basically volunteers to like get him to a temple nearby. Excellent. I shake her hand. Thank you very much. I appreciate you. And I'm gonna grab Rook and I'm just gonna be like, alright, let's get out of here. Come on. Let's go. Rook follows. Uh, sometime today I have to go to, I have to go see the castle guard. Gosh. Epi kind of thinks it. for a second. Leans over. So they said they'd have to let him go after a day, right? Yeah. I mean, he was very good at pickpocketing. I didn't even notice him. Do you think we should introduce him to Felix, maybe? Or introduce Felix to him. We could get a scouting fee. It's not a bad idea, but we have to have Felix find us. And he doesn't need us right now, I don't think. Let's hope that he pops up soon. I'm just gonna look behind out of habit, because this man seems to appear every so often when, like... <laughs> It's like Beetlejuice. You say his name enough times, he shows up. <laughs> right. Uh, you don't see Felix. Okay. <laughs> so I'm gonna follow Rook where we're going. Yeah, off to the cafe. Yeah, so without any further interruptions, uh, you do make your way to the cafe. Uh, you get there a few minutes before a Brock Armbar and the deer. Hmm. Doesn't look like they're here. Sorry. Just because you are physically closer to them, to the, the cafe than Castle is. So is there anything... I mean, I'm talking like three to four minutes. It's not long. Okay. Is there anything you would like to do? Oh, uh, you know, just... I, I guess because I'm not sure where they are in the whole busted place. So I just kind of look around. Check out what... Yeah. Seems like business as usual. Construction has not begun yet, but you do see somebody, like, walking around the, the cafe, like, making notes. You kind of recognize it as one of the members of the, the Builders Guild. Seems like they're making notes of where to start and what's going to be needed. Epi sits down for just a bit, like, on the, the stair steps to it, or nearby it, or on a curb. Whatever is convenient, Epi just needs to sit for a second. 
Epi has his cowl pulled forward. It's one of those, like, oh god, he got a full look at my face. <laughs> Rook, you can probably see there is a, a slight moment of panic going across this, this young tiefling's face. So Brock, Armbar, and the deer, as you arrive, you see Epi and Rook kind of sitting on the curb, with Epi looking very distraught and hiding his face as best as possible. Epi, Rook, good morning, and Brock hands them each a cup of tea. Lola said never tell anyone about her tea again. Let's cheers, everybody. Good morning. Morning, Armbar. Epi takes hold of the tea. <laughs> Thank you. Well, that, that is real, genuine, honest to goodness. I didn't use prestidigitation tea just for you, Epi. Epi looks at it. Epi smells it. Epi recognizes. Epi looks at you. Oh, I know what you did. So, he takes a long sip out of it. How do you like Lola? She seemed very nice. She was very aggravated that you told me about her tea. He just kind of smiles. <laughs> yeah, I bet she would. I bet she would. I'd like to know if, uh, if Epi recognized that there, or realized that there was a mini armbar booger in her tea. Can I roll perception? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I did not know wait, there. Can I roll perception because I was the one in custody of that, and I want to know how he pulled that off. It was minibar. Gotta watch out for him. Yeah, <laughs> he's he's sneaky. Rook also gotta watch out. Oh, <laughs> oh, poor poor minibar. He did his best, but I rolled a nineteen plus two. <laughs> Our bar. Sleight of hand. We got an 18. Okay, just for grins, uh, Brock, go ahead and roll perception. That is 16 plus 2 is 18. So technically, if you beat it, it's tricky. In this case, we're gonna roll with it because it's funnier that way. So, Epi. As you're taking your first sip, you notice you have about a half a second to react. I stopped drinking it for just a second. Do I know who has done this? You have no clue. I look at the at the at the goober that is in my tea. I look at Brock. I look at the goober that's in my tea. I look at Brock. That's just cruel and unusual. What are you talking about? First, it's a tea of lies. And then... And then you have tainted the holy brew. I have done nothing. You're a terrible liar. I'm actually an excellent liar, but I'm telling the truth. I show him the cup. Tainted brew. How could you do this? Maybe this the secret. I give a dirty look to the arm bars. Either... Either Lola didn't like me, or someone tampered with your tea when I wasn't looking. I'm gonna roll an insight check even though I know he's telling the truth. I just want to see if I roll, like, really terrible. That was a 7. Plus 4. <laughs> so, he probably... You, so, Epi. You know that Brock is one of the best liars that you know. And saying 
saying that he's not lying is exactly what a liar would say. <laughs> 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 the fact that they're lying. Oh my god. <laughs> I can't even roll persuasion on this, can I? Epi just narrows his go eyes. Ahead, go ahead. Roll persuasion. I got a nat one, but oh. I have a feature that I've been forgetting about that my college eloquence says that if I roll a nine or less, it's automatically a ten on persuasion. So I don't know how that works. So so what is so it's a ten. So it's ten plus persuasion is a six, so sixteen. Okay, so you rolled a sixteen, but it was a nat one that is a sixteen. Mm. So Do I still roll wild roll. magic? Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah, I was like, I don't know how this works. I mean it's still it's a one. It's just yep. yeah. 44 and 89. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, shit. Which one would you like? The funnier one. We're off to a great start, guys. Hang on one second. I have to get a picture for you. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so we're summoning a dragon or is oh, this devil no. site? So no. Click the link. Lemur. We're okay, summoning okay. a grimer. <laughs> Literally yes. grimer. Really? Did the booger evolve into this? <laughs> Actually, Actually, Oh yes. my god. <laughs> so Epi... Epi's tea explodes into that thing. Yes, it mutates into this awful looking creature. Brock, you feel wild magic surge around you as Epi's booger tea turns into a portal into the nine hills that quickly morphs into this thing, and you feel a very fundamental connection to it, as though you own it, and it will follow your every command. Well, it is equal, part, it is equal parts yours and rolls. Alright, well I need to name this thing now. Ugh, like it is just awful sounding, and... Can I understand has, it? Do you speak infernal? I do! Well, okay, actually, it's not speaking. It understands Infernal, but it cannot speak it. Well, then it would probably... It would probably understand that Epi just about said an impressive string of just foul language when his tea turns into this. It was an Infernal, but it, it would require bleeps if it was in English. Sure. So, I mean, it understands you. It is currently waiting on orders from Brock. I command it to go hang out by the obelisk. So this terrifyingly amorphous humanoid My pet monster. Yeah. Is like So that's a move speed of fifteen feet, right? That's because it doesn't really have legs, it just sort of like I have a grimer. Yeah. So it just sort of like slops its way that direction. There's like a little nasty trail that's left behind it. And like, people are looking and gasping and like, stepping back like, what the hell? Oh, rent? Nope, there's no panic right now, because it's not doing anything aggressive, but like, you've got people's attention. I feel like, it's been a couple of days now, I feel like the street corner's used to weird stuff happening by now because it's proximity to the obelisk. To a point. This is new. Oh, by the way, random question. Does that random doomsday guy from yesterday, is he here too? I'm going to say no. Darn. Him seeing that would have been great. Right? Apparently he's a late riser. So yeah, nobody stops this creature from going into the basement to 
basically hang out around the obelisk. I've named it Muck. Okay. Epi looks at Muck, looks at Brock, looks at Muck, looks at Brock. Oh yeah, you definitely didn't put that in there. <laughs> Epi, I'm a bard, I'm not a sorcerer. Well, okay, I, technically I have one level in sorcerer. But I'm not capable of conjuring something like that. You know that I'm not. That was clearly wild magic. Epi kind of squints at him. Squints a little harder. I'm watching you. So, Nadir, this is your first experience with wild magic. You definitely know what that creature is. Right? You know it is a lemur. You know it is... A lemur? Lemur, <laughs> however you pronounce it. Well, I think it's lemur. Well, one, yeah. A lemur is one thing. A lemur is a tiny little cat thing. Listen, man. <laughs> I, I see it. I read it. I, it's the best I got. In fairness, I also read lemur. So. I did too. We should just call it It's lemur. kind of amorphous. Maybe it could look like a lemur. No, it looks just... <laughs> <laughs> it's a booger monster. That's uh, fair. Kenny made a choice. <laughs> yep. Uh, but you would know that this lemur is basically just a twisted, condemned soul that died and went to hell and is the lowest form of devil. And is now brought back by T. <laughs> yep. I kind of. I think he just kind of. He's he's a little bit shocked at first, but then sees everybody else not particularly panicking, calms down, and just. That was wild. Literally, it's a. That's a thing that's been happening to. Well, not that specific thing has been. This specific thing. thing. <laughs> How many of these do you have? Well, until yesterday, I was blue. I was six inches tall last night. Uh, I had a rain cloud follow me around a few days ago. Just to name a few things. This is going to happen to me once I investigate, isn't it? You'll get used to it, buddy. He slaps him in the back. He stumbles forward a bit. <laughs> it's hard to say. The obelisk seems to give people wild magic at random. It, like... It quested me to go fix it. That's why I think I have it. Because it was trying to help me fix it. Very strange sort of help. I don't think it has, like... It also gave us this, and I double-tapped my chest. The deck appears in your hands. There are currently... Uh, you currently have... Sorry, I was double-checking my notes. You currently have six cards in the deck. I should, I give you the deck of many things. Oh boy, do I draw a card? <laughs> Do you want to draw a card? Do it, do it, do it, do it. No, I... <laughs> out of character, yeah. <laughs> Brock holds the deck out, like, at your own risk, go ahead, if you want. What are you do, chicken? Are boy? you sure? I mean, what's the worst that can happen? Like, I mean, besides an avatar of death showing up to try killing me once. That happened when I drew from the deck once. Well... We're also very close to a thing that's causing wild magic. Do we know how these will interact? Uh, it was fine last time, more or less. Oh, if it was fine, then sure. And he pulls the fourth card from the right. <laughs> oh, bad choice. Oh, I would have won with the one on the left. Now we're waiting for Kenny's big reveal. What card did the deer pick? 
Yeah, I remember. I was not happy with my pick. <laughs> Nadir, you draw the Jester card. Oh. You gain 10,000 ex- You can, you can choose. You can gain 10,000 experience, or you can draw two additional cards beyond your declared draws. Wait, how would that work? Are you guys using Benchmark? I feel like it just means you'd level up. <laughs> well, oh. I am running it my own way. So, uh, in short, the experience would not go just to you, it would be divided among the parties, because different levels is difficult to complicate. Or right, use. right, right. That's kind of why I didn't want to pick that. But if it's distributed amongst us, then yeah, sure. Let's all get smarter. All of you level up to level five. Sick. <laughs> da, 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 yeah. You are all like pretty close. This definitely did it. Brock now has twenty charisma. Oh uh, man, I need to think about leveling up. I think this means I may actually be able to cast third level spells now. Yes. <gasps> I'm gonna make so many diamonds, you guys. I should also mention that uh, while all of these conversations are happening, Epi kind of looks at the bottom of his cup, looks at the old guy who's here now, looks at the bottom of his cup, look at the old guy. Oh, introductions, I'm so sorry. Uh, Epimetheus, Rook, this is Nadir. He's here at the request of the Blackstaff to help study the Tablet of Fate. Yes, hello. Hello, um... Pleasure to meet you. Rook, um, looks, I kind of looks in awe at Nadir. She understands the age thing in terms of, wow, he must be old, but she's never seen an elf as old as this in Waterdeep. Actually, you have just never seen an elf that looks old. It is exceedingly rare True. Okay. That sounds totally like what I was thinking. That's legit. So I'm just like, huh? Huh? Um. Hi. I mean. Hello. Rook. Nadir. And he like, kind of reaches a hand out to shake. Not sure if you're the kind of person that does that. She takes a second, but then she. She does it. She she shakes it for like one second, and then she just like snaps her hand back like the cat, like a cat does. <laughs> okay. You get one shake. Yeah, That's exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So, if you don't mind my asking, um, you seem to be um, um. <clears throat> You're rather sprightly for your age. Oh, oh, thank you. Um, I do... I do get around. I think... I think I just haven't given my bones a chance to atrophy. At your age, I'm sure that's a very wise thing to do. I I lean over to Rook. I didn't know Els got that old. (laughs) Rook... Like, kind of like nods, like, yeah, I, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> S- 
So let's change the subject. <laughs> yeah. There's a reason why Rook didn't continue talking. <laughs> I, I love just the long, drawn out pause. Uh-huh. <laughs> you just so, know they were just staring. <laughs> Rock's just sitting there shaking his head like, it's rude to talk about someone's age, don't you know that? Uh, right, right. Anyway, the deer, how about taking a look at that tablet of fate now? Oh, yes, let's. Please lead lead on. Just let's follow the trail of my new pet slime monster. Yeah. So you follow the muck trail uh, as you make your way into the basement of the Bard Rock Cafe, and that is where we're going to draw this episode to a close. Okay, you listen to Bard Rock Cafe. Get on to sassygamers.com and listen to more episodes. And become a patron. I'll read your cards. Do it. Patreon.com slash Bardrock Cafe. Till next time.